Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Gentlemen was drafted. 
uh, from the HBCU. Um, he said, and I quote, that he's ashamed for 31 of the 32 NFL teams for neglecting the draft. Uh, a gentleman uh, from the HBCU, as a matter of fact, the only one that was taken was the New England Patriots, was picked at uh, number 245 late in the seventh round, Isaiah Bolden, who is a, a, a pretty good uh, defensive back. But my thing was this, um, and, and, you know, Greenwood, I'll I start with you, actually. Um, did Dion overstep here, or is he just, you know, getting Twitter courage and talking out of his behind? Like, in the tweet, he said there was possibly two to three more guys that could have been selected. Now, let, 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 let me paint this picture for you. There is a total of 275 different draft feats that get drafted between round one and round seven, right? And he honestly believes that there was three to five guys that could have been drafted. And he's taken the Twitter being upset that only one of these guys got drafted. Kind of give me a position on Deion Sanders, and I do got uh, Mr. Harvey in the building as soon as you get done. So I think he is overstepping a little bit here. Um, there are guys that were considered locks to be uh, considered by, you know, draft experts and whatever to be locks to be in the top five rounds and found themselves falling straight out of the draft. It's um, – it's as much of a meritocracy as it can be, but at the end of the day, these general managers know about these players. So the fact that they didn't get selected is not um, – it probably has to do more with the level of competition that they faced or um, their athletic background or – this, that, and the third, as opposed to just the mere fact that they went to an HBCU. Right, I feel you. I feel you, um, Mr. Harvey. Man, welcome to the building. I'm gonna I'm, I'm throw you right in here, my guy. Uh, Dion made some very choice comments about the fact that uh, only one gentleman from the HBCU got drafted in this weekend's draft. I kind of think he's out of pocket. What, what, what say you, my guy? Yeah, you're out of pocket. You so you abandoned you abandoned the HBCU ship to move on to the football powerhouse that is uh, the University of Colorado. Uh, so I, I don't blame him for making the move, but at the same time, uh, you know something you did. So now, and and you trying to grab you trying to grab whatever players that you could get from your the previous school you were at. So I look at this and I'm like, um, you can't really necessarily shame on all 31 if you think there were three to four guys that could have still been drafted. Uh, at the end of the day, though, there were several people from HBCUs that did sign undrafted free agent contracts to go in and at least uh, get looks with teams. So, uh, listen, if you can play and you go to the right fit, uh, you can end up on these teams and you will – Stick on rosters. So, uh, at the end of the day, is there really a whole lot of difference between, say, pick two fifty five and and an undrafted free agent pick? Not a lot. I mean, uh, you ain't guaranteed anything being drafted in the seventh round. 
Uh, and I saw the uh, I saw the Saints several years ago uh, release Antonio Pittman from Ohio State, who they drafted in say round three or four, in favor of Pierre Thomas, who was undrafted. So, uh, listen, there are more than one guy from HBCUs that at least are getting a chance to get looks from these teams. And at the end of the day, I think that that's what is most important. Uh, guys are going to have a chance to make rosters. And we'll see if any of them stick and if people end up on rosters. But now, like, I, I, I get the point that you would like to see more HBCU guys get drafted or whatever else, but uh, trying to shame these general managers or put them on blast because they didn't draft uh, from a division that you've also abandoned yourself, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I feel you, man. Caller numbers nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Villain, uh, I'll come to you. Um, you know, you, you hear what's going on. Um, you kind of see the the, the tweet. Um, you know, we got two guys here in the building that kind of feel Dion kind of stuck a little bit out of pocket. Um, what what would say you about his comments regarding only one guy getting drafted from HBCU in this past weekend draft? Um, I completely uh, agree with Dion. I think it's I think it's bad for him with all the the change that he's helped to initiate for HBCUs. How the league has gone and actually with you know partnered with them, kind of you know watched them, had them you know on you know had them coming to 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 scout them and all that stuff, and then um, guys that were supposed to get drafted eventually didn't get drafted. I think that's a problem. I think there's a problem at a higher level of these kids not getting drafted. I don't think it's a bad thing because, you know, when you get drafted, you know, you have to go to a team, and when you're, you get to be an unrestricted free agent, you know, you can go wherever you want, and these teams are probably just signing the kid they were looking at anyway. But, Mike, I love you, but – Dude, don't say abandon, abandon the HBCUs. He has every right, just like every other coach has a right to leave. Just like, you know, Chip Kelly or, or Brian Kelly or whoever, all these coaches have the right to leave halfway through the season or before the bowl game. He left. Who cares where he went? He didn't abandon the HBCU. He's done more for HBCUs than any coach that you could think of since Eddie Robinson, okay? Like, nobody's talking about – we're not talking about HBCUs right now because it's not for Dion. So I mean I don't I, I hate the I hate how people especially black people come out here and want to vilify him for leaving and, and leaving for another job. That's what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? I, I think the black people out here saying that he's a sellout and all that stuff. I, it's corny. Not saying that you're saying it, but like what I've heard, you know, other people say it's ridiculous because if a, a white coach leaves a white school, quote unquote. You know, they don't get vilified like he's being vilified for HBCU. So I, I just all hate fair, that whole rhetoric. All fairness, I vilify coaches across the board that leave in the middle of the season. I, I'm really I'm really being a little sarcastic on this as far as him abandoning. No, he did a lot for he did a lot for Jackson State and there are a lot of in a lot of ways Jackson State didn't uphold uh their end of things on that as well. Um, so, but no, to your point, I, I have the same energy for coaches uh, across the board, not just for DM. Absolutely, absolutely, because I think it's I think it's bad form when they do that. You know, listen, they get to do it, and we don't we don't get to hold them accountable for it. It's like it's a part of the business. I, I don't agree with that. I don't I don't feel that's right. But you know, in, in general, listen, I, I feel like the NFL needs to do. You know, stop doing it to to, to show face, man. Stop. 
Stop trying to have workouts for Colin Kaepernick just so you can say you did it. Stop going to HBCUs and looking at these kids if you have no intention of, of recruiting. We don't need your handout kind of deal. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't, if you don't want to draft them, then, then, then take that energy wherever you go. You know what I'm saying? So that's 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 where I think Dion's coming from. That being said, well, there, there are guys every year that make NFL rosters that did not get drafted, that end up being a fit, right. and sometimes end up sticking and being multiple-year starters in the league. So not being drafted doesn't necessarily mean that these guys aren't going to have a chance at the next level. That's exactly what I said. I think it's the best thing, right, Serious, that these guys don't necessarily get drafted because they can pick where they want to go. They can go to, you know, whatever situation fits them best. Right, and, and, and ultimately, I mean, I, I, I agree with what I would be saying here. I, I think I think the biggest thing is, at the end of the day, um, you know, undrafted, drafted or not, you got to show up and, and, and prove your worth. I mean, I, I look at a guy like Jalen Warren. Again, I'm going to my own squad because, I mean, it's near and dear to me. He went undrafted mm-hmm. last year, ended up making the roster, backed up Najee Harris and played significant minutes for us. Um, mm-hmm. at significant points of, of last year. We, we can go down the whole list and start calling out undrafted guys who find themselves, you know, on roster. So the fact that you didn't get drafted doesn't necessarily mean that your career is over, that you don't get a look, that you don't get a shot. It's up to you to go into a situation and show and prove that you indeed are worthy of an NFL spot which is why I think Dion really stepped out of pocket here because at the end of the day, for me, it's not, it's not the fact that he took a better job and, you know, moved upward and onward, which I, I applaud him and salute him for that. But to sit here and say that he's ashamed of these NFL teams for not drafting HBCUs, to, to Dylan's point, why? You know what I'm saying? If, you know, uh, another, another candidate is, is qualified and, you know, fits our scheme more, um, why? You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, we don't want charity. You know what I'm saying? We want people who are, right. are qualified and, and, and who could do the damn job. And if, and, and if you had no intention of, of, of drafting this guy just because it cures your conscience or just because you want to check a box or appease some rule, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm using a rule in quotes here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't, don't, don't waste their time. You know what I'm saying? Let, let, let them go through the due process. And, you know, there are, I think, 175 to 200 non-drafted rookies that, you know, can jump on the different teams. I know the Steelers signed 15 of them between today and, you know, during the draft center that just, you know, got invited to, to rookie training camp to, 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 to potentially full practice squads. And, you know, and we're not the only team that does that. The rest of the teams in the NFL do that very, very thing. So, again, if you're able to show up, put your face in the book, show up to the weight room, show and prove that you can survive on an NFL roster, yeah, you may not have got drafted, may not have had your name called by a commissioner or some, or some fan or some influencer or whoever, you know, does the, the later rounds, but you still are an NFL type of player, your skill set will, will, will bleed through and you're able to, to get on a roster, man. So I thought Dion was way out of pocket there. Um, he Again, to, 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 to come full circle, Dion, a couple of years ago, we all saw the video, you know, and he kind of went down the list when he had his work day and he was like, this team, this team, this team, this team, thanks for showing up. The rest of, this, the rest of these people, where are you? 
You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 it is on brand for what Dion has posted and, and, and tweeted about in, in the past. And I'm going to stand on the platform that I have uh, today like I did back then. At the end of the day, I understand what he's trying to do, but he is perpetuating a bad stereotype and a bad practice because by doing that, you were now giving charity to, to, to these guys, and I don't think they deserve that. I don't think they need that. I don't think they want that. You know what I'm saying? Again, if you're talented, your, your skill set will always be your best foot forward. Yeah, but it's harder harder for them. It's a lot harder for them to to get noticed and get seen without somebody beating a drum for them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, your talent shines through, but you're you're fighting an uphill battle. So, I mean, you may not like it. Excuse me. You may not like how he he went about it, and and you may disagree with it, but there's a kid out there that, you know, maybe is talented enough to get out there and needs that, that boost. Maybe that's a kid that needs the XFL to get into the league because they hadn't got looked at. You know what I mean? We've seen plenty of guys like that. So I that's why I do agree with it. And there's one other thing that's very important when it, in, in the difference between being drafted, even if it's necessarily relevant 256, and being an undrafted free agent who is invited into training camp. And mm-hmm. it's the dollar sign. Even the last pick in the NFL draft is guaranteed $500,000. That's half a million just to walk walk into the building. If you are a camp body, you're guaranteed 10 grand. It's a massive massive pay difference. Um, I I do think it's important for every GM to – do workouts with every prospective player that they can get their hands on, like as far as a regional combine kind of thing. So I would not disparage any um, any general manager from attending those programs because that's how you see players that you can't normally see. I mean, um, so, yes, you're going to get all the tape, but eventually – it's important to see those people in person and how smoothly they move, all things like that. But yeah, don't draft them just to draft them. Just to, like, like, um, like Dylan said, don't do it if it's not the best fit for your team. At the same time, you do need to make sure you're, if you're doing your job as a GM, you're going to be looking out at all the um, potential prospects. Yeah, you're going to look at a lot more players than you actually draft, obviously, right? Because yep. you only get at most seven, eight picks, or, you know, sometimes maybe a team's got a bunch of guys. But even if you have ten picks, you're probably going to look at 100-plus guys. Definitely, definitely, man, definitely. Call the number down to 947 Lots of here with Sports City. Um, I wanted to talk about two more things before we start to unpack uh, last weekend's draft. Um, and the thing is, on draft night, uh, a couple hours before uh, the bombshell dropped, Lamar Jackson finally signed his, his deal, uh, five years, $250 million deal with $185 million guaranteed. Um, this was a long time coming. Um, I, I feel as though, I, I, personally, I, I'm going to keep it a buck with you guys. I did not think he was signing with the Ravens at all. 
Um, I, I, I didn't think the Silas Rams at all. I honestly felt as though he was going to dig in his heels um, and he wanted a fully guaranteed deal because that's all that he's been talking about. With that being said, um, you know, they, they did kind of meet in the middle. Villain kind of broke it down, so I'm going to let Villain lead off here. Um, Lamar Jackson got his got his bag, if you will, man. Tell me how you feel about it. I mean, listen, we disagreed on it, and we disagreed on it hardcore. And, you know, I, I wanted my apology. You, you refused to give it to me. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, that's how Sirius treats me, you know what I mean? Like, when I'm right, I'm I'm wrong. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So, you know, he, he, never, gives me, he never gives me my props. But, no, listen, I, I said it, Sirius, and I said, like, he has, he has options, yes. Play with the Ravens or don't play. And it wasn't an option for him not to play. I think it kind of got when, – when he leaks out that he wants to get traded, knowing nobody wants to trade for him, and not, it's not a personal thing, but it's basically like almost collusion that it, it just wasn't in the card, he had no leverage. He had no options. You know what I mean? So cooler heads prevailed. The Ravens got what they wanted. Lamar got what he wanted, which was respect, and he got a bag. It wasn't fully guaranteed, but it's, you know, I think it's annually, right, the highest salary um, ever. And it, 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 I think it leaped, uh, hurts yeah, by a million is. or two or what have you. Right. So he got what he wanted from that aspect as far as respect. So I think, listen, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's what's, it was what was supposed to happen. He's supposed to be a Raven. They figured it out. He's happy. They got him some tools to work with all as well. And and I think all the talk about him eventually wanting to, wanting to get traded or will get traded was all what it, what it was. It was talk. It wasn't real. It wasn't going to happen. Like I said it. The Ravens, or you don't play this year. And you know what I mean? Like that, that hurts the pocket. So, and shout out to him. And is 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 his his people for working this deal without an agent? I I, don't, I think that kind of gets overshadowed a little bit. We gave him a lot of flack for not having an agent, but hey, they got the deal done. So congrats to them. Okay, so um, you know, Mr. Mr. Harvey, I, I'll come to you next, sir. We all saw what took place. You know, Lamar Jackson got the bag. Um, you know, me and you uh, have been in many, 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 many conversations about it uh, here in the kitchen and offline and the group thread. Um, ultimately, uh, as Villain said, cooler heads prevailed. But did you honestly think that he was going to get this deal done, or were you like the masses and thought that a deal had been, you know, struck for him to be traded and moved elsewhere? So I was pretty sure a trade was not going to happen for him to go elsewhere. I just felt like there was enough talk and enough things said around the league that that just wasn't going to happen. Uh, uh, I was, I was, uh, sorry. No, I was, I was pretty sure my son came up and was telling me something right in the middle of me uh, talking. What up, little Mike? <laughs> yeah, so I, I was pretty sure that uh, that a trade wasn't going to happen simply because of the cost and because I, I still think at the end of the day sometimes you got some like collusion going on with owners and that kind of thing. At the end of the day, 
I thought that this was a chance for teams. We see teams sometimes throw caution to win, you know, say to hell with this draft picks and make moves. This is a chance for at least one team to really make a push for this guy. But, you know, I'm not surprised he's back in Baltimore. Um, I think they brought in a, even when they made the play to bring in the coordinator, they said they wanted Lamar's input on bringing in a coordinator. They finally got some weapons in-house for him. Uh, is it enough? Who knows? But it's a lot more than what he's had the last two or three years. So, you know, maybe uh, throwing the ball some will take some of the pressure off him uh, running the ball. He can kind of pick his spots more, maybe take a few less hits and be healthier for this team. Uh, that's what you hope. Regardless of whether you like the Ravens or not, the guy's an electric talent. He's he's special. And, and so you hope that you can see him continue to evolve and get the pieces around him to where you can really see his talent get maximized. You know, shout-out to no agent uh, in this deal, right, because you didn't have things leaking. It worked out to where uh, it happened the way it's supposed to. I didn't, I didn't think anybody was going to trade him, but I also didn't think that Baltimore really believed uh, that Tyler Hundley was the answer for them. Uh, serviceable backup, yes, but the answer at starter, no. Once they started bringing other weapons, I thought that they were probably going to uh, find some way to work it out, but I'm glad that Cooler heads prevailed. I think it would have been a sheer travesty if we had gone into this year without seeing uh, Lamar Jackson on an, NFL, on an NFL football field. Okay, so uh, real well, I, 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 I'll come to you in a second. So here is my thinking behind this gentleman. I, I, I guess I was boo-boo the fool because I, I, I was solely convinced that there was going to be no cool heads prevailed because of what was being said. At the end of the day, for me, if you mm-hmm. have intention on reconciling a relationship, you don't leak dirty laundry to the public. Like if you and your you and your spouse are going through some stuff and you want to reconcile, you don't go airing dirty laundry out on, on, on social media and Facebook and subtweeting a bunch of stuff. That's what went on. Lamar Jackson actually penned a goodbye letter to Baltimore fans. Period. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm I, I'm not sure how one comes back from that. Then a lot of things started transpiring. Them finding Odell and whatever case they be, and so it started to percolate, but at the end of the day, nobody was coming to me with any type of fun, nothing at all. It wasn't until a day or two after the Jalen Hurts thing where I honestly started to believe that there was a possibility because now he saw what the top-level market was. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I always said this, he wants to be the highest paid, period, and he wants guaranteed Mm -hmm. money. He got the highest guaranteed money, and he's the highest paid. So all boxes have been checked. Um, I still don't think that, you know, them going out and getting Odell and them getting Zay Flowers is going to help him too much, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, but maybe a new offensive coordinator being in there will help them. At the end of the day, um, I was I was shocked. You know, it seems like you two gentlemen weren't shocked. Um I, I was very shocked because everything that I was seeing and reading, keep in mind, I live in, I live an hour and ten minutes from the, from, from Baltimore. So I mean, I, I'm up there all the damn time. So, but that being said, I and, that, and that's kind of that's kind of the point, serious. You know what I mean? Like you're so close to it. I think you have the emotions 
wrapped into it and it you had to take a step back like we never really knew what Lamar wanted nobody really what? knew nobody actually said i want 100% guaranteed or like oh, i want you know 236 like we never heard that so and i agree with you some things did come out but i think you heard what Harbaugh said. We'd love to have him back. Blah blah blah. The letter was a letter. That was that was politics, man. Like at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like that was a that was a check move exactly. to try to put that, their king in check and check, and it didn't work. Like really, you just you know you just ran the queen's gambit, and that was it. Like, uh, sorry, I have, I'm sorry, I've been playing chess lately, but like it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just a chess. It was just a chess move. It didn't work. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I, I I I see where you're coming from, but I I never I never bought it. I never bought into it. No, man, I just you 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 and Harvey are a, a better and Dave, you know what I'm saying, who's who's also a chef, you know what I'm saying. You you guys bought you guys you know better than I with it. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. I, I can only read what was put in front of me, and what was put right. in front of me was that this brother is is definitely gone. And then when you know moves started being made, we wasn't sure what. What the Indianapolis Colts were going to do wasn't sure what the Miami, not, not Miami, what you know Atlanta was going to do, and all these other teams that 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 have multiple picks mm-hmm. and have top assets or whatever it be. So at the end of the day, the deal got done. Um, he'll be in Baltimore for the next five. Um, you know, hopefully he'll be able to play a full seventeen. Um, and mm-hmm. return the form, but t- time will tell. Greenwood, uh, I'll come to you, man. Um, Lamar gets the bag. How do you feel about it? Um, I'm I'm right there with you, Sirius. I was fooled. I was scouring the um, off the cap uh, cap numbers, trying to find teams that could afford Lamar Jackson. I was like, oh, the Atlanta Falcons definitely have enough money to do it. Oh, the Bears have well, the Bears have Justin Fields, so they're not an option. So I was going through and taking through every team that had more than twenty million dollars in the bank and figuring out where the best place for Lamar Jackson would be. So um, I am I am surprised that the deal that got, got done. I was a little I, – I came down from that position a little bit when they signed Odell Beckham because I don't think this was completely about money because mm-hmm. at the end of the day there is guaranteed money, but um, there's mm-hmm. also the incentive, and they have – Failed time and time and time again to get him a wide receiver that will actually pan out. So when the Odell Beckham signing happened, it was kind of like uh, this is our olive branch right now. Uh, I don't know if it's a very good olive branch, and we can cover that <laughs> later if you want. But um, it's at least a name. They at least made an attempt to get him a player um, to catch the football. So I thought that that was kind of their push in his direction. But, um, I mean, and the biggest thing for Lamar is that that 10% that the, um, that the agent was going to take is now all his. So there, there's also that. Um, or his mom, no, right? Um, his mom is right. His mom. <laughs> he, his, yeah, my mom. So, um, no, he, Happy Mother's Day. He played it perfectly. He, he 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 sat there and he he said, "This is what I want. This is what I'm worth." And 
then when um, then the Ravens thought that the rest of the league would negotiate with him, and he was not in a position to negotiate with the rest of the league because of the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, but he still stood firm, even when there wasn't a lot of interest from other teams in the league, mostly because of the two first-round draft pick compensation on top of the money that um, that he would have to that they would have to endure. But at the end of the day, everything worked out for him. He did as well as he possibly could have in this situation. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Baltimore Ravens afterwards. Right, right, right. Call the numbers 929-477-2759. Lots of money here with Sports City. Uh, talking everything NFL our news and notes from around the league as well as the 2023 NFL draft, which we will now transition into. Um, a lot has been made of, you know, the 2023 NFL draft. I tend not to pay attention to grades too much um, because, again, you know, grades are fickle. Um, you can only, you know, look at how teams, you know, panned out over the course of the next, three to five years, you know, to determine how how well they did or they didn't do. So I'm not going to go through the grades, but what I did want to do, gentlemen, is kind of go through your individual team, uh, you know, draft as as they as it out as an outline, excuse me, as it unfolded. I'm trying to what word today. As it unfolded, and kind of get how you feel with it, villain. I I'll save you for last because you're preoccupied with it. The, the, the Knicks. No, I can go there. first. So I can go first. You want to go first? Okay, cool. Yeah, just, so first just, on you, just watch your mouth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said what I said. I, I, I'm watching it here with you, bro. <laughs> you got ten. I know, I know. For no, I, I, but with that being I mean, like, like, one, like, I can't. I can't. I, yeah, it's frustrating, <laughs> man. It's frustrating. <laughs> um, no, listen, I, 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 I like what the Giants did, Sirius. I, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, we talked about it on the pre-draft show last week. Um, the Giants um, potentially needed, and I was, while I was bullish in my head, I felt we needed corner, I mean, uh, receiver more than corner. The, the receiver depth wasn't as high as the corner depth. There's a lot of good corners and guys that we thought, might have gone in the first, second round, slipped to the third. There's a lot of good corners in this draft, right? But I think the Giants getting the most consistent corner in the draft at Deontay Banks at 24, not having – you know, they were tempted to move up. I'm hearing that they were possibly trying to move up to get Zay Flowers, uh, who eventually went to Baltimore. But, you know, cooler heads prevailed, and they stuck with with their guns and got the corner. That was a good move. But honestly, the best draft pick of the night for the Giants was uh, John Michael Schmidt. I mean, it's it's a it's a true center when we haven't had in in years, right? We've always had a guard slotted in there or somebody that was a journeyman, something like that. But that we got the best ranked center in the draft at the, in the second round that can come in right away, fill a need, and really. I think this kid can has the potential to be one of the better centers in the league if he, you know, develops the way we think we have. I've seen some tape of him at Minnesota. I like what I see. Kid, the kid's really good. And then trading up to get a kid that they wanted 
probably in the second round, patient enough to get this kid um, at 73, Jalen Hyatt. I mean, you know, he. everybody remembers the monster game. Uh, Harvey knows the, I like against him. Alabama. I like him a lot. Five, right, five touchdowns. But getting moving up in the draft to get him, not having to move all the way up, is two things, right? They didn't get desperate and draft a receiver after the run of receivers went in the first round, right? They stayed pat at, in the first round, didn't, like, go for a reach in downs or go for a reach um, in any of the other kids that might have gone. They stayed patient. They In the third round, they made their move, and they got a really good receiver quick. He's really fast. I think his route running is under underrated. I, what I've seen on tape is he can run some pretty good routes. He fills the need right away. So he's not our number one, but he's definitely better than anybody that we have in, in the building. So I think that props up a lot of the, the Giants draft series, right? I think Eric Gray was a nice – is a really good steal back in, in the back end of the draft because he fits their scheme, that zone-blocking scheme. He can put his foot in the ground, hit the hole, and go. Um, so I like that. I like the safety that they, they took a flyer on. Owens in the seventh round, but the top three picks really kind of hold up the draft. So I gave him like about a round of B. So like I said, the first three picks, I think they hit home runs. I think the rest of them, they got some good. Show me the receiver. Oh, uh, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Yeah. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, the interesting thing about Hyatt, Hyatt is he he can really run. He can run ghosts. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm curious to see. Because uh, he was a product of that system, if he turns out to be a guy that can really run more routes on the tree well, then he's going to yeah. be a steal for you. Because I, I think the fact that he wasn't asked to do as much at Tennessee uh, has a lot to do with why his he sort of slid in the draft right there. But mm-hmm. it, extremely explosive. I I really like that. That I love that pick for the Giants and that center pick as well. And and the Giants like and not for nothing, but the Giants picked uh, all or three out of their first four picks were guys that at one point during the off season, I see I saw um, being placed as first round prospects in mock drafts. But yeah, yeah, Hi- yep. Hyatt was was mocked uh, late first round. Um, Mint was. Um, was also pegged as a late first round guy. Deion Banks was kind of slotted as a mid guy, so they got a lot of very good value. Um, the Giants probably had one of the better drafts in um, in the NFL this year. Uh, I know that we're going to be covering quite a few of them that were really good, but um, you got the the Giants did a really sneaky job at doing very well. Yeah, honestly, for me, when, when, when I look at what the Giants did, um, I was very, very impressed with what they did. Obviously, I, I have a, I have a soft spot for Deontay Banks, so I, I really liked him coming out of the University of Maryland. The fact that you got yourself a, a, a legitimate center um, was great. Um, again, Jalen Hyatt is, is, is a – is a fan favorite of mine. I, I like what he's bringing mm-hmm. to the table. And he also, if, if you look at the wide receiver room as it's currently constructed in New York, 
Um, there's nowhere there, there's nowhere else for them to go but up, if you will. Then you come back in the fourth round, pick up a running back from Oklahoma. I like Eric Gray. He's a guy who can really go in between the tackles, but he can also got some breakaway speed. So in the event that Saquon gets hurt or goes down or needs a needs a break, whatever case may be, you have your two headed monster there. Shinny make the squad, and then you then you address DB again. You know, from Old Dominion, like Trey Hawk is the third is 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 a solid guy. So I like what the Giants did. Um, so again, I, I'm not really in the draft grades, but um, I didn't hate their draft like I did <clears throat> some other teams, and I really felt as though, you know, if if all these guys, you know, play up to potential, the Giants are in a significantly better place. Uh, right now than they were uh, a week ago without having these players. I think, again, you needed to address cornerback um, early, and I think you guys, you know, hit the nail on the head with getting getting banks, and I feel as though you need to address Harry Fever. Um, those are the two major things that I looked at when, you know, looking at the Giants that you needed to address, and I feel as though you got, you know, hit the nail on the head with both of those. Again, Zay Flowers, I, 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 I like him, but he doesn't, like, he, he, he he's, he's a scat I don't want to say a scat back, but he, he he's he's a he's a small guy. He's a gadget type of dude, you know. And, you know, he's a slot guy. You know, and exactly. Guy. And so I, I I feel as though when with you going out and getting hired, uh, he's a guy that can go down the field, make contested you know catches in, in traffic. Uh, we all saw what he was able to do at the University of Tennessee. Now, to Mr. Harvey's point, he could be a, a victim of the environment. Um, and he goes into an environment that's, you know, bigger than life in New York. But with that being said, if he goes out there and, and does a thing, I, 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 I like what the, the New York Knicks, not the New York Knicks, I'm sorry, I watch the Knicks now. The New York Giants <laughs> said. Look at the Knicks, they're tied. We, the Knicks we know how you can run a go route. It is tied. Right. But, yeah, right. you know, Zay Flowers, I think, goes into the right situation, though, Sirius. I like him going to Baltimore because he doesn't have to be that guy. There's, I think Mike might have said it, but I know I've mentioned it. There was no clear number, like, uh, wide receiver one in this draft. There were some good receivers, but compared to, like, the last two drafts, these receivers don't jump off the screen at you. So the, for the Giants not to trade up to get – Flowers is smart, but for the the Ravens to have him fall to them, and he comes in and he doesn't have to be a number one, like he could come in and play in the slot, be that third option behind Odell and Andrews. I think it's perfect for them. I think that it's the perfect pick. Well, see, here's the thing, and again, I'm 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 gonna call it a bunch of hater stuff. I don't know because when you when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, okay, you got Odell who you know, can run routes to do this and the third, we'll, we'll see after coming off the of two back-to-back ACLs and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. you got a slot guy, but he's going to operate in the same type of area where you, you, you move and operate Mark Andrews. Um, and so, again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not wishing doom and gloom on and anybody, and, I, and again, I want to see him go out and do, and do well. I, I just, again, the resume of of Baltimore Ravens selecting wide receivers is not good. <laughs> so if you selected a wide receiver for Baltimore or New England, <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know. Like I, I don't know what happens when they leave college and put on them colors. 
they, they don't they don't pan out well in the NFL. Now again, time will tell. But um, I think I like I, I like Hyatt going to New York than I like you know Zay Flowers going to to Baltimore because I think you know Hyatt's in a better situation as opposed to Baltimore. But again, new offensive coordinator. We will see what happens. We'll go ahead and pivot um, to, 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 to the next team. I, 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 I'll let Barry. Uh, watches his Nixon piece here. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, man, uh, Mr. Harvey, I'm coming right down to to, to, to feel lame, man. How the boudin balls running? Um, the, 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 New Orleans, <laughs> the, the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Saints um, went out, uh, picked number 29, and, and, and picked up Brian Greasy, a, a guy which you correctly predicted that they would get in, in, in our Mark draft process um, last week. Uh, but walk me through the rest of your drafts, man. Uh, I mean, you picked up uh, Isaiah Froakley here at defensive end um, and, and yeah. in, the sec- in the second round. And so what me through your pick, man. How do you feel? Okay, so let, let me start with uh, Brasee from Clemson. Like, he was a top recruit coming out of high school, a dominant guy. His best year in college was his freshman year. He fought through a lot of injuries last couple seasons um, to be productive. You know, if this is a guy that can put it together and stay healthy, uh, this is a guy that legit has a chance to be uh, not only a run stuffer and somebody in the middle who can really do some things, but also give you a legitimate pass rush uh, from the interior. And there's not a lot of guys in this league that do that. Uh, he was the guy that I picked in the draft the other night simply because I really felt like uh, with the players that they lost over the last couple of years and with free agency this year, I really felt like the one issue that was the most pressing for this New Orleans Saints franchise was the defensive line. So we take uh, – good night, kid. Uh, so we take Brian Bercy, uh with the first – pick and pick 29 and then we come back at pick 40 uh, and take the Fosky kid from Isaiah Fosky from Notre Dame listen he broke the uh the sack record there and that was originally held by Justin Tuck so you're getting the same sentence with Justin Tuck that's pretty good company uh there were a couple of other guys I would have really liked to have seen them look at at the defensive end position, like the kid White, uh, even the guy from Northwestern. There's a couple other uh, people that I really would have liked them to think about there. But Foskey's production is there. Uh, the Saints also are really big on their prototypes as far as uh, certain height, weight, uh, certain athletic measurables they're really big on making sure that some of these benchmarks are hit. So uh, on the outside, Foskey, 6'5", 260-something, and ran a fast enough speed uh, to kind of register for them a really good raw athletic score. So impressed with that, uh, he at times I felt like uh, got handled uh, sometimes on the defensive end for Notre Dame. So not necessarily uh, a pick I question a little bit. Uh, bear with me a second here. I'm sorry. What's 
Okay. All right. We'll come back to Mr. Hey, I'm, I'm ready. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, okay. I'm back. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, and then the the running back position with the third pick, I, they had to do something at the running back position uh, in that you had – you got Kamara, you got Jamal Williams, you know, who they just signed, but you also – I'm hearing some banging in the background. I'm sorry, that's distracting. Uh, So you got Williams. You might have Kamara out for a period of time. We're still waiting to see what happens as far as that goes. So you had to kind of get some depth there. Miller had a – he was a one-year starter at TCU, but he had really good numbers as far as uh, six-plus yards per carry, 1,600-plus yards, uh, one-cut guy. You know, he size-wise, he fit the bill um, on what they wanted. Uh, was fast enough. There were a couple other guys that I really lo- would have loved to have seen them uh, take with that pick and uh, over Miller, such as the kid from Tulane that went to the Titans and Spears. Uh, and there's another guy that I really like there, and I'm not thinking of it right now, but I understand why they took him. He fits the once again. He fits that that prototype. They have never taken a guy. Since Jeff Ireland has been there uh, below a certain uh, weight, and they weren't going to uh, do this now. So uh, they take him, and then you come back uh, as the draft continues to unfold. Now, the Saints, almost like 25 straight draft trades, none of them going down in the draft. Uh, they overreach at times to get guys that they really feel like they want or could use. Uh, they did this again here. They got back into the fourth round and took the Salisbury uh, right tackle from Old Dominion, who was there for a few years. Uh, good size, 6'6", 320 or so. Uh, once again, another good uh, athletic score. He's probably going to kick inside for this team. The Saints uh, have Cesar Ruiz. they got guards that they haven't locked up long term, and so we're not sure what's going to happen beyond this season at the guard position. So uh, not surprised to see them upgrade a little bit there and then they jump up and trade into back into uh, up again and draft a young quarterback from Fresno State uh, who tends mediocre arm but you know very high percentage rates on passes between 10 and 20 yards Uh, kind of an undersized guy 5'11 said he sort of idolized Drew Brees sort of has had a relationship with Derek Carr because of the Fresno State ties. Carr's always told him, like, from the time he met him a few years ago, if you need anything, reach out. So, to me, uh, this is a depth piece. Jameis Winston's not going to be around. Uh, you know, some people think that one day this kid could be a starter. Uh, high 60s in completion rates, 70 percentage in, in some seasons in college. But I, I think their hope is, is that even if he doesn't turn into, like, a long-term starter in this league, can he be good enough to be a backup and give you a little bit of depth? The Saints were woefully thin at the quarterback position the last few years. Uh, they closed the Ian book. They, uh, the Taysom Hill experience ended. Uh, you had Jameis Winston. You had the Red Rifle shooting blanks. You had Trevor Semi-Pro. You had so many different guys. Uh, in and out of this position. And so the Saints taking a guy that's young that they maybe want to see if they can develop and he comes in 
maybe gives him some some depth at that position, a guy to maybe learn the system and a guy you can lean on if you get somebody hurt. And you don't even need him to play this year. Uh, you don't even need him to be your backup this year. He can be your number three quarterback and learn. So uh, a fifth-round draft pick in order to, you know, try to bring a little stability to a position, uh, you know, I guess I can see it. I don't know that that's where I would have gone with that pick, nor would I have traded up to do so. And then the last couple of picks that the Saints made in this draft, uh, you got a defensive ta- uh, a defensive back, a safety from Minnesota, played several years, high football IQ, doesn't miss a lot of tackles, uh, so it gives you some depth on the back end. He's also played a lot of special teams as well, but uh, this is a guy that maybe can end up being a safety at, at, at the end of the day on on this team, we'll see. If not this year, maybe he uh, continues to develop. But uh, also another team captain. Uh, this this team has got a lot of guys that have sort of checked some of those character boxes. And then the last pick that they made in this draft was the wide receiver from Wake Forest, Perry. Uh, career record, uh, school record as far as touchdowns go. Sometimes inconsistent, but you know, six three to twenty or so, a uh, guy that can really run. So, uh, you know, he's got the athletic tools. Can he? You know, the knock on him in college was consistency, but with a seventh round pick, why not? Why not take a flyer uh, and see what you have on a guy that has shown some productivity? Uh, you know, the the kid that transferred to Notre Dame, the quarterback. A lot of the reason why. Notre Dame and other schools still want this kid is super talented. Uh, that quarterback is, but uh, this kid that the Saints just picked up is one of the most uh, was his most productive wide receiver. So, uh, you know that that's kind of a sneaky position to need to. You don't know what you have in Mike Thomas. Can he stay healthy this year? You love Chris Olave. Uh, you love the undrafted guy who really turned into uh, some speed this year in Rashid Shahid. So. Uh, they have some pieces there, but, you know, continuing to build some depth there. And, listen, they traded uh, Adam Troutman in order to move up uh, on one of these picks. And then they also, uh, without going too far down this line, they also picked up a couple of really uh, productive undrafted free agents like uh, perennial starter Vanderbilt, who was a team captain at linebacker as well. So uh, they this they got better. They brought some guys into their building that can really help them. And I think uh, they're starting to sort of, for better or worse, Dennis Allen is starting to put his stamp on this team as far as kind of some rugged, in-the-trenches type guys. This team was kind of a glitz and glamour type team under Sean Payton for a long time. Uh, you know, pinball machines, score points, and I uh, hope everyone, uh, every few years we can get enough on the defensive side of the ball to make this work. Uh, this is a team, uh, high character, lots of guys, like I said, uh, in the trenches, guys. So I, I sort of see Dennis Allen starting to sort of put his stamp on this team a little bit, for better or worse. So we'll see, you know, if that really helps this team in the end or not. At, at the end of the day, serious, I like the guys they brought into the building. There are some other players at certain spots that I might have really put a little bit more thought into. And once again, I – I'm just not crazy about uh, all the trading up and giving up future guys or future picks or future uh, 
you know, assets just to get a fourth or fifth round guy. Now, if the kid Saltaberry or whatever ends up having anywhere close to the type of career that a guy like Jari Evans or somebody else had, then yeah, I'll eat those words. You can have that damn fifth round draft pick, right? So, uh, but I've also seen this team do this a lot of times for guys like Garrett Grayson and guys that, you know, never stuck around. So I think this team gets a little too trade happy in the mid to late rounds uh, for my liking, but I do like the people that they brought into the building. And I understand if you really believe in the guy, you go get him. Okay. I mean, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's been something that, been said, you know, from from villain a lot. If you really believe in a guy, go get it, make it, make it signing. Um, one of the picks that I actually like um, from from the Saints, um, I like you guys going and getting Kendra, Kendra Miller, uh, the running back out of TCU. Um, I think at the end of the day, the 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 hourglass is somewhat starting to to to, to tick on you know Kamara and his effectiveness. Um, not to mention his his pending legal situation that you know is still up in the air. Um, I think with with Miller, I think he's a guy who I really like, especially at the value that you were able to select him in, in the third round. Um, and then you really go get some offensive linemen and some 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 rugged guy. Um, I'm not too sure what you know what the game plan was for for for, for the quarterback out of Fresno State in the fourth round. Um, I really felt as though you could probably would have went a different way. Um, if I remember correctly, Hooker may have been available. Um, you know, no, at the he time was we gone. selected him. I think he was, he was gone. gone. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, he was cool. Gone. But again, okay, cool. Now, I, I believe I'm going to get to the line here in a minute. But, um, you know, the, the quarterback there, I, I'm not too sure what, what, what the Saints plan on doing with, with the quarterback position. Um, but overall, I felt as though you guys did, did, did some decent things in, in the draft. Um, I, I'll let the rest of the chefs kind of talk about it. Anything that you guys want to talk about as it pertains to, to the Saints so we can move on uh, to, to, to talk about the Lions real quick. Well, and as we're waiting real quick, like I said, I, I think with Keena, the the quarterback, I think this is a depth piece series. I think you know you at least have uh, Jameis for another year. Uh, you feel like mm-hmm. you got coaches that have worked with a smaller guy in Drew Brees. You got the Fresno State connection. You got Carr for you know the next three or four years. So I I think the goal with this guy um, is that probably from I know they talked to him at workouts and whatever else. I think they believe that the risk was uh, was worth the reward in that, you know, hey, if this guy shows improvement uh, over this year and over the next couple of years, he is at worst a serviceable uh, backup for us. And at best, maybe he's mm-hmm. a guy that, you know, in his late 20s could be that next starter when Carr moves on. But if not, like even if we have a solid backup for a few years after Jameis moves on, it's worth a fourth, fifth round draft pick. Yeah, I, I mean the the Saints um the Saints draft was not one of my favorites. I honestly think it was probably one of the bottom tier drafts in um in my estimation. I've never really been a big Brian Brzee fan. Um yes, he had um the personal issues 
this season that definitely distracted him from football. That's more than understandable. But he wasn't particularly good the year before either. Um, I think that if Brzee was had the exact same career but started out as a three-star prospect instead of a five-star prospect in, um, in high school football, then he probably would have gone in the fourth or fifth round. Um, I've I 100% really... agree with you there. I 100% agree with, with that wholeheartedly. Um, Isaiah um, Boski, I think that was a round too early. I think that, he, in my estimation, he was probably a third-round guy, not a second-round guy. Yes, it's a late second-round guy, but still, I think there were better um, better guys on the board. I can't that's remember them off the second. top of my head. That's 40, but... right? That's pick 40. So that is pick 40. Oh, that's right. So that's early early round three. That's right. So not too bad. Not too bad. It was their second pick, but round three. Um, no, no, no. That's early round two. That's round pick 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, early yeah, round that's a third of the way through round two. Yeah. Um, the one pick I do really like is A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest in round six. Um, I think that he has starter potential. He does have some nicks and drags to um, kind of uh, work his way through, but he's definitely got the athleticism to be um, to be a a good, decent number two wide receiver for them. But I think that was their best pick overall. Okay, villain. Do you want to talk about the the Saints or do you want to you know move on to to the next game here? Right. This next game is coming down late. I bet he doesn't want to be distracted from it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll come back to villain when he's not watching the next game. Look like they're gonna pull this one out, but we'll see. We'll go ahead and move on to the, the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, in my opinion, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking. Some... I, I'm watching, I'm watching the game, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, Mike yeah, talked yeah. for like an hour on the Saints. This is the most Saints talk I can tolerate in one week. So, <laughs> <laughs> wait, as many times I talk and entertain your Giants, I don't want to hear it. Who that? Just enjoy yes, the fact that you're winning. Hey, just, Giants, just enjoy baby! the fact. Just enjoy the fact that your team's winning. Don't be throwing shade at mine. Karma will come no, back to you. Listen, you no, don't play listen, with the New Orleans. I, listen, you don't listen. You don't play with the New Orleans people. They they don't play when it comes to all the voodoo and all that. So don't don't be throwing shade uh, at my team. You never did you nothing. You said the voodoo. Listen, listen. I, I stayed in a hotel like around the corner from the Silverdome. I stayed in a hotel around the corner from the Silverdome. I love that area. It's a beautiful area. But listen, I think the Saints had a solid drop. I I I, I think they they addressed needs and I think they they had a lot of holes that they needed to fill um so I think they they kind of draft so I think they got a way to go to, to get some more but no I like what they did it wasn't great but I, I think I like what they did wait he said okay. that is where that is where Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three in 1987 the Silver Dome is in Pontiac Michigan in New Orleans Oh, Wait, Mike. Is the Mike. Superdome. Next game. Next game. I'm not paying. I don't care. Next game. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> just, just for clarity. Lord have mercy, man. Call the numbers nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Here with Wilson Chef, breaking down everything 2023 NFL draft. 
I'm going to go right over to Greenwood, man. The, the, the Detroit Lions, um, even though he says he's not a fan, I, whatever. Um, yeah. uh, how does this happen? How does he get a different team? We'll go with the Lions for now. Talk to me uh, so, about these Detroit Lions, man. Um, I, I'm 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 confused, bamboozled. I, I'm not even sure what to what, what to make of this one. The only pick that I liked that they made was in round two when they picked up uh, Brian Branch at 45. But walk through that draft with me, and then we'll we'll go back and forth here in a little bit. So the Detroit Lions draft is going to be a lot more about the players they didn't take than the players they did take because I honestly. Like, I was also in the same position you were on draft day. On draft day, I was watching them at six. Galen Carter still on the board. Traded back with uh, the Arizona Cardinals for an extra second-round pick. What? You had the arguably the best player in the draft at arguably your biggest position of need. Everything lined up for you, Detroit, and you traded back? That made no sense. Um, instead, they trade back to pick 12 and pick uh, Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama. Honestly, I, I believe, and nobody from Detroit's going to admit this, but I believe that um, Brad Holmes got bamboozled on this one. He thought he didn't like Jalen Carter, and I actually, after hearing all the reports come out afterwards, after the fact, um, not just the um the racing incident but um apparently his practice ethic is less than stellar um so i can see why the lions decide not to draft him i for the record would have drafted him and we'll see who ends up being right as time goes on but and why they didn't um but what i think happened is they thought they'd be cute and trade back and hopefully get um, B. John Robinson at 12. That didn't work out. They scrambled, and after pretty much already trading um, DeAndre Swift to the Philadelphia Eagles, all was uh, all was done except for the um, the ink on the paper. They panicked, got probably the only other running back of that caliber in this draft class. There are analysts out there who think that Jameer Gibbs is better than B. John Robinson. I am not one of them, but uh, depending on what you like, if you like more of an Alvin Kamara-style running back, then Jameer Gibbs is probably better than B. John Robinson, sure. Um, the next pick, instead of taking Kalaja Kansi, which I also agree with, um, there's a reason why he didn't bench press at the Combine. There's a reason why he did literally everything but bench press at the combine. Everything else looks exactly like um, Aaron Donald. The bench press wasn't going to. He's, nope, he's not, not, not at all. The, that bench press was not going. He's not. He wasn't going to put up 35. I would have been surprised if he was going to put up 25. So I don't really hate the pick there either. Time will tell, but. Um, instead, they picked up Jack Campbell, inside linebacker, and, well, he might be outside, but off-ball linebacker um, from the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
probably, actually, I would say definitely the best player at that position as well, best off-ball linebacker in the draft. Probably the only one maybe besides Drew Sanders who went way, 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 way later that is going to end up being a starter long-term in the league. So with what their linebacking core was, yeah, they brought back a lot of the guys like Alex Anzalone, um that were here last were there last year they weren't good so bringing in a player that's going to be an immediate upgrade he's pretty much slotted as a guaranteed starting um linebacker from day one san laporta um this is actually an analytics favorite um his production and his um his ras score um rival those but People will definitely say, hey, they should have gotten Michael Mayer, who was also there at the same pick. So it's once again about not about the player they did pick, Sam Laporta, but the guy they didn't pick in Michael Mayer. And then uh, further down, nobody disputes this pick. Uh, 45 overall, Brian Branch, uh, safety from the Alabama Crimson Tide. That was arguably one of the best picks in the draft of any round. Um, this guy, before the combine, this guy was a top 12 pick. Had a bad combine, fell flat out of the first round. But even even then, people were still expecting him to go in the first round just because of how weak the safety class was. And he was still, even with the bad numbers, the best prospect at safety in the draft. Ended up at 45, major steal from the Lions after trading up with the uh, with the Green Bay Packers. Round three, Hendon Hooker, a guy who in most mock drafts was slated at 23 um, at the Minnesota Vikings. Ended up picking him up uh, early round three after more trade shenanigans. And... There's a lot to question about Hendon Hooker. I never really bought him as a first-round pick. I kind of thought of him as a second-round guy. So still picking him up at the top of the still a pretty good selection. It's the ACL and the system that he played in college. People do not like um, the system that Tennessee plays under. It's why um, it's why Hyatt also fell when his measurables made people think he was going to be a uh, a first-round pick. So, and then late third round, Broderick Martin. This is a guy I didn't scout out too much, um, but they did spend a good penny to go up and get him. But he fits the prototypical nose tackle style, so I'm wondering if they are plan- planning on hitting that Williams Wall style of defensive line where you have two noses. Um, and then rotate some bigger guys around just to ensure that nobody um, runs up the middle on them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the what the plan is with this pick when they definitely could have done something else or just sat around and grabbed three more players with that fourth and two fifths. That one is my head scratcher of the of the whole draft in my opinion and i know there's a lot of head scratchers on it but at the end of the day if you forget about the players they didn't take 
and just focus on the haul that they got through the draft, I would almost argue that one, the Detroit Lions had one of the better – I think that you could you could line up the guys that the Detroit Lions took against all, any team outside of Pennsylvania. Think if you if you forget about who they missed on, who they didn't take, and just focus on the guys they did take, you can line up those guys against any team outside of Pennsylvania. So honestly, that's a B plus draft in my estimation. Okay. Um here is where we we kind of differ. Um I don't like too many of the picks. Um, now, I will say the, the round in which they, they came in, I, I I will give a little bit of of leeway there. First and foremost, I don't like the fact that Jamar Gibbs was the first guy taken from these guys, especially when you had the opportunity to draft Paris Johnson, when you had the opportunity to draft a, a, a Carter, when you had the opportunity to draft um, anything or anybody. Um, I, I don't like the fact that you got you know Jamar Gibbs at twelve. I, I feel as though that was a significant reach um, for for the Detroit Lions. And then you come back and and round and later on in that round and and and, and pick up a, a a a guy out of the University of Illinois. Uh, excuse me, out of, yeah, out of the University of Iowa. Um, the linebacker there, Jack Campbell. Okay, cool. I'm I'm not too too big on this guy, but again, you know, the the, the pick that kind of confused me was the pick after that when you went right back to Iowa and took the tight end. Um, I I I, did, I don't understand that pick at all. Uh, to the Detroit Lions. Again, I, I I'm in love with with the Brian Branch pick. Um, Hayden Hooker. I get it. I just don't like it. You know what I'm saying? He's coming in. He's not expected to start. He's not expected to do anything. He's going to sit for probably a year and a year and some change um, because Jared Goff is, is, is the guy there. So I, I, I get it. I just don't like it. I really feel as though they kind of use something, did something else there. And to, to me, the Detroit Lions, the, the whole draft reeks of what if or, or next best, if you will, like, I understand, like, if, if you value B. John Robinson, then you don't trade, you know, back, you know what I'm saying, you know, go 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 get your guy. Um, if, 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 if you value defensive line, which was a need that we, we all sat here and stressed that the Detroit Lions have, then you trade back and pick up a – again, their whole draft had me scratching my head the entire time. Um, again, Tom will tell, um, but again, the, their draft had me literally scratching my head. Villain, I, I, I'll come to you. Um, you know, the Detroit Lions has some head scratchers. I, I know you're in a good mood right now because the next one, so you talk to your boy real quick. Um, talk to me about the Detroit Lions draft real quick. It's orange and blue skies here, baby. Woo! Don't you wish you could do that? <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, listen. Um, it's like the first day 
it's like their their kids were doing like a fantasy draft. Like it was just like like kids were doing a fantasy draft, and then like the Friday, I thought they had a solid day, and I think Saturday had a really good day. I I for weeks that they were gonna trade out of six, and he's like, no, we gotta keep that pick, blah blah blah. And I was talking to him during the draft, and 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 you know he he was kind of like. He was liking it, but you know he, he liked Gibbs. I think he was had his homer hat on more than he had common sense on. Because why would you listen? I know you needed a running back. I know you needed a linebacker, but you reached way too high at number twelve and number eighteen to get guys that you could have got on Friday, maybe Saturday, most likely Friday. Like in the in the second and third round, like Gibbs is a second rounder. Campbell is most likely a late second round, early third rounder. You draft him in the first round, I, and I get it. If we said it, that adage: if you like the guy, you draft him. Don't waste time on him. Uh, waste time dr- waiting on him. But like Jack Campbell, I liked him as an off you know off ball linebacker. Can he cover running backs and tight ends in this league? I don't know. You wasted the 18th pick on him when you there was a lot of value that you could have gotten at that level. That's where I had a problem. So I I mean I hate listen I hate the Gibbs pick at 12. I like the player, and if in hindsight you knew you were probably moving on from Swift, but like mm-hmm. to get him at six was an absolute mistake. But listen. I I like Sam Laporta. I think there were better tight ends that they could have got at thirty four. I think Mayer was still available at thirty four, right? Um, yeah, or was was yeah, that's the guy I was screaming. My kids thought I was crazy because I'm screaming, get Mayer, get Mayer, and they and and listen, I like I like Laporta. I think he's a good pass catcher. I think he fills a need right away. But Mayer was the guy, man. But if you like Laporta, I can't hate that, right? Branch is the steal of the draft. I I absolutely agree. I think him and Schultz for the Giants are, are are the steals of the draft at that at that level. I I love I love taking Hendon Hooker at at sixty eight. I thought that was I thought that was brilliant because you he can sit a year or two behind golf. But now you have a guy entrenched right now, and then you have your quarterback of the future. I love that pick. So it's like I like what they did if they flipped the days. If they had a good day one and an okay day two, okay. But they had a, a not-so-great day one and a really pretty good day two and day three. So that's kind of where I left, right. the, left the draft. Okay. I mean, I mean – I respect it. I mean, I get, like I keep saying, time will eventually tell and see how these two teams, how, how these teams, you know, pan out. But ultimately, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Gentlemen, I, 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 I'm going to sit here for a minute and, and, and kind of lament, if you will, on what the Steelers did. Before you get into that, Sirius, I have to say, because I know you're going to go on, I love what the Steelers did. I just have to, I love what they did. <laughs> do, do I get thoughts on the Lions real quick before you go? Talk to about that? the Lions, my guy. Talk about uh, the yeah, Lions. Yeah, you. 
I'm like, why are you skipping me? Hold on. No, like, I love the I love the. I thought you were watching the Lakers. I thought you were watching the Lake Show. Listen, I got a job to do first. I'm working. I, like, I'm gonna, and then I'm going to go watch my team play. But I got oh, my selfish. job. So, I don't give a damn uh, about none of y'all. I'm watching my neck. Well, well and, and I'll say this, too. It was the second, it was the last, second half of the game. This is early. So you Bing bong. Uh, so, anyway, with the Lions, I love the hooker pick. I think I agree with you guys on Branch. And I can see where, like, there's this overpay. I think they thought that Bijan was going to be there at 12. They could trade down, grab an extra pick. And when he wasn't, they kind of scrambled. I do think this Gibbs guy is very much in the mold of an Alvin Kamara. Uh, so he's not necessarily going to be an every down back, uh, but he can be a compliment for this team. You know, keep in mind the Saints got Kamara in the third round, right? So, uh, but I, I, so I do think, I think that was a bigger reach to me than Campbell. Um, you just don't never know because Campbell and Sanders, but both of those guys are very similar, and they could have gone anywhere from back of the first round to round three, right? You just didn't know where they were going to go. And to me, if this guy, I can understand why it would be called a stretch right now, but if this guy ends up being like a tackle machine that helps lock down sideline to sideline on that field. And you're talking, you know, hundred plus, hundred plus tackles for multiple seasons. It all of a sudden is not a terrible pick at all. But I do like Branch a lot, and I think Hooker could be one of the steals of this draft at some point. I think not only does he give him a little time to sit for a year, he's going to be easing back into action in this training camp. He's going to uh, push golf, and I think that. This is a guy that people are all over the map on this guy. Some people say never better than a uh, backup. Some people say could be a legit starter. So people are kind of all over the map on him. But I think with all the pieces that this team has in place at wide receiver and at the running back position, I think that this is a nice place for Hooker to go. I appreciate that they did some more for that defense. I I would have liked to see the Lions uh, address that defense even more aggressively in some ways with this draft because, once again, I think that's the one thing that held them back in that division this year. And they should be the favorites in that division going into this coming up season, as we'll talk about more. But they definitely needed some work on the defensive side of the football. Campbell, Branch, and a couple guys go a little ways to addressing that. But – I don't think that this team maximized uh, what it could have done out of this draft, but I do like some of the players they brought into the building. The one thing that bothered me, and Sarah, I'm sorry, I, I just had to get this out. There's so many good corners, to your point, that you said in this draft series, and they didn't come away with one corner. That bothered me. Right. That bothered me a lot. Right, right, but right. When you talk, they yeah, I mean, again, what they do in the offseason, they don't – like, I understand that they're all on one-year contracts except for one of them. But at the end of the day, they're they're good at corner. I don't think now, so. They, they traded away a corner. They, I thought they were – Gonzalez was right there. That was my number one corner. It was right there, even at 12, and you still didn't get him. That's what I mean. They could have got Gonzalez and then got Gibbs in the third round, and they would have been good money, or the second round. They would have, they would have been good money. 
they had two ones. If, if, if they would have got Gonzalez with the first one and then Gibbs with the, the next one, nobody would be blinking. And still eyes. got Campbell. And still got Campbell. Like, so, like, the, the, the thing that's kind of, again, scratching my head with, 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 with the Detroit Lions is, like, it's it's like, what if, like, you misplaced yeah. your hand? Like, this, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. If plan A didn't work, let's say you traded back and you want to be John Robinson, it didn't work. Gonzalez was there, so you pivot. Gonzalez was there, and then you go get Gibbs at the you know your second pick in the first round, and then you still have the possibility in the second round to go pick up Kincaid was gone, but you had Mayor there. Mayor, like what in the world? If, if you want to tie it in that badly, you could have got Mayor in the second round, I believe. So, like, the, the Detroit Lions, you know, again, in my opinion, again, I, I, I'll probably talk to TT about it, um, you know, on an upcoming show or whatever, because it'd be, cause he, he's not here tonight. But I, I, I just feel as though the, the Detroit Lions just missed on so much because we all understood what they were trying to get accomplished. And they just went the weirdest way about going around and trying to get it done, which has us all sitting here scratching our head at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? But with that being said, uh, I, I, I'm going to sit here for a minute and, and, and talk about what the Steelers did. Um, you know, shout out to my dad. He and I are going to be going together with something here in the next couple of weeks, uh, as we normally do after after draft. But with the first pick um, in our draft, you know, pick 14, we traded with the New England Patriots, kind of screwed over the New York football Jets and picked up Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, loved the pick. I felt as though, um, you know, we had to make a move when we did. There was a significant run on, on offensive tackles, on, on big-name offensive linemen, and I felt as though if we would have waited until 17, the New York Jets would have definitely scooped them. Which, which would have put us in a scramble mode. So uh, I love the fact that we made the move to go up and get him. Um, and then we sat back and just chilled out. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. came to me first pick in the second round, uh, pick number 32. Uh, we were fielding calls about teams wanting to move up, get back into the first round, if you will, get high in the second round for whatever the case may be. Uh, we stayed there and picked up the guy that I absolutely love. Like the, the pictures that are circulating right now of, of his dad and him uh, celebrating the Super Bowl 40 at Forest Field in Detroit. Um, he He's now a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're taking pictures with each other um, in front of his dad's picture at, you know, at Actual Stadium and everything. It, it, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing uh, for, for me. And I, and I think, honestly, he fits. And remember back in when we made the trade for Patrick Peterson, I was telling people this was the this was how I saw it playing out. Now I would have I thought we would have may have gotten Porter had to get Porter in, in the first round, but the fact that he fell to us in the second was spectacular. I, I feel as though he does have first round talent written all over him. I was, you know, when, when when the New York when the New York Giants picked up Banks, I was like, okay, cool, that's one less team that needs a corner. When the Cincinnati Bengals. <clears throat> passed on them and, and, and went, you know, where, where they went. I was like, cool, that's another team that needs a corner that that, that ain't get them. So the chips kind of fell to us. We didn't really have to do too much maneuvering for for us to pick up Joey Porter Jr., um, you know, in the second round. So I, I love that pick. Then, and you know, in the 
and the second pick we picked up in the second round due to due to the trade, we picked up Keanu Benton from from Wisconsin. Let me tell you about this guy. This guy is a he's not Jalen Carter by no stretch of imagination, but he's a space eater. You know, think of Casey Hampton back in the day, a guy who would just sit there and just take up space, especially in the three four defense. Um, very very physical to the ball. Um, very short tackler, you know, he, again, he's a rotational guy, very, very much rotational guy. We, he signed Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, Cam Hay was getting older in years. Um, you know, we, draft, we, we, we drafted Neil last year. So a, a lot of guys who, um, you know, are in rotation. So he's just going to be a guy that can plug and play in there. Um, then Darnell Washington, I think, may have been the still in the draft for us. Uh, we did him. Uh, in the third round, uh, a very physical, physical tight end uh, who can, you know, catch some passes for us, but he, he definitely is going to come in and kind of complete the glue, if you will, for as far as our blocking is concerned. Uh, we, I have tape on him, you know, just mowing over guys down the field, and he's paired back. Uh, with a couple of teammates he had, Broderick Jones, you know, came out with some teammates. Chickens came out last year, another teammate of his. So, um, for for all intents and purposes, you know, the Eagles get named Georgia, uh, a team. We, 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 the past two years, we've been drafted three of them. So, well, you know, the, the state of Pennsylvania loves uh, SEC Georgia football, sort of speak, I guess. But I, I digress. But I, I love the pickup there. Um, and then uh, we come back and pick up Nick Heibrig from a linebacker from Wisconsin. Now, if you know anything about Wisconsin Big Ten football, they breed linebackers. We, we, we managed to draft a defensive player of the year from, from, from that university. Um, and, if you, and if you listen to what T.J. Watt has said about this guy, um, they trained together in the offseason, he and his brother, so this is a guy who can really come in and play and be a part of our rotation, um, especially with Hodgman being in a contract here. T.J. Watt uh, potentially being hurt. You know, he, he went down a little bit last year. We, You know, I, again, I love what the Steelers did um, the first four rounds. And then uh, we picked up Spencer, uh, offensive lineman from Maryland. I love that. We picked him as a cornerback from Purdue, Corey Trice. Uh, I, I love that pick. Um, but at the end of the day, one through seven, I feel as though we are in a much better position. Again, the fact that we were able to get Project Jones in, in, the, in the first round, to kind of put a bow on our offensive line reconstruction was spectacular. The fact that Joey Porter Jr. fell to me in the second round, a guy who had first-round grades, who a guy who is very much familiar with um, our system and what we do because, again, his, his bloodline and his pedigree, um, I, 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 I'm in heaven right now. So I, I, I'll pause and let you guys talk about it because I can keep going for, for hours about what the Steelers did. But ultimately, I, I feel as though we came out swinging, um, and Omar Khan really did a good job of putting us in position to take great value out of these picks. So, first, just because just because I do have to bounce uh, right after this. So, if I don't, if you don't mind me going first on this one, Mike. Go, go ahead, um, go ahead, go ahead. The uh, the Steelers draft was unfair. It's unfair to the rest of the league, and you should give back some of those draft picks right now. It's just, it, and I, I was, I was watching day three. I remember this vividly when Nate, when uh, when Nick Herbig came off the board. I was just 
in all caps in the chat room was yelling, "Serious, tell your team to stop it," because uh, it was <laughs> it, it's just it's just dumb. Um, so they got the player they should have. Tackles were going to go higher than expected. We actually said that in our mock draft episode um, before uh, before the draft. Tackles went higher than expected because there weren't there weren't very many of them outside the first round. They went up, they got their guy, and then they had the audacity to allow the rest of the league to let Joey Porter Jr. drop to them in round two. It's it, once again it's crazy um it's a first round bat first round value top of round two not insane but then keanu benton pick 49 this is another guy who i had seen um even as high as the saints in the first round and probably when it's all said and done he's going to end up being better than brian brise round two pick 49 Darnell Washington, everybody saw the combine one-handed catch. It seems to be something that the Steelers like watching a lot is these crazy one-handed catches because George Pickens was the exact same way. Um, Then, obviously, Herbig, major steal there. I thought that he was a second- or third-round pick. Even Corey Trice was on my radar in the middle round like round three, round four, and they get him in round seven. So, like, every single guy was drafted at minimum one round later than they ought to have. And this is why you're never going to see the Steelers ever be less than eight and eight, ever. Mike Tomlin and the Steelers are never going to be less than eight and eight. It's never going to happen. So we just might as well get used to them being 10, 12 wins from this point forward for at least for the next four years. That's it for me, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Thanks, Greenwood. Appreciate you coming through and kicking it with us. Mr. Harvey, talk to me about the sale of man. I, I, I know I'm biased. I, I got the home I had on, but uh, talk to me about how you feel about the draft. Though. No, so I agree with you. Um, you know, will the defensive tackle be as good as Brian Bersay? It'll be interesting to see as far as uh, health-wise and whatever else. You know, I, I think at the end of the day we forget that uh, a lot of times these guys are coming out 21, 22, 23 years old with the COVID year, uh, but these guys have barely really got their man strength yet, really started to figure out who they are. And so at the end of the day, this is projections, right? And so that being said, I love what the Steelers did this draft. When Joey Porter felt that, like, to me, uh, you know, that's a first-round pick. You call it what you want, first pick the second round. That's first-round pick. It's pick 32. Normally, there's 32 picks in the first round. So, Joey Porter's a first-round talent. Uh, that's where he got drafted, only because of the Miami Dolphins and their tampering, trying to get Sean Payton and Tom Brady and everybody else to try to protect their concussed quarterback and their uh, and their their head coach who won't, uh, wouldn't uh, intentionally lose games for him. Uh that, that's why there was one less pick there. Uh, but I love Joey Porter going there. And to your point, I I don't know how much Patrick Peterson has left on the field as far as 
what he could still do, maybe in some zone schemes and whatever else. But what I can tell you is Patrick Peterson for his entire career, uh, multi-time Pro Bowl guy, a guy that is a very smart football player that understands the ins and outs of the game. Uh, Patrick Peterson can pass some knowledge on to Joey Porter, uh, preparing him for, you know, trying to trying to help mold him into being the best cornerback that he can be, and at least half the value of Patrick Peterson's contract um, will be found in what he can contribute to these young defensive backs. I love the Trice pick as well. I like the size. I like what he brings to the table. Uh, I. And Darnell Washington is, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, one of the most uh, physical, physically imposing tight ends in this draft. Uh, six, seven, a lot of length, can tackle downfield. Was a mauler, uh, was a mauler in the running game uh, for Georgia over the last few years. And then, listen, what is one of the best friends for a young, developing quarterback? A big tight end in the red zone. Tight end. And, this guy's six seven. He can go up and get it. Like uh, you could throw him alley oops, really, for the most part. Uh, you have to um, in the end zone. You add him to Pickens and to the uh, Deontay Johnson, the other uh, pieces that they have um, at the wide receiver position, and I like that a lot. I like what he brings to this club. Uh, once again, the Steelers in a in a division that is not slowing down. Right, you have. Uh, the offensive firepower that is Cincinnati. I know you're going to come on and say, oh, they're not going to be the division champs again this year. But uh, Cincinnati is legit in that division. I think they showed last year with, uh, that they are. Uh, we talked about Baltimore earlier in this draft. Uh, and then, you know, the worst team in that division is Cleveland. they still got some talent. So uh, Pittsburgh needed a draft like this to really keep pace. I like what they did in this, dra- in this draft. And probably when I look at like the teams in this draft that uh, overall, uh, I agree with you. I don't really as much focus on grades um, as much as how well did you feel needs and who are you bringing into the building. Um, the the two last things that I'll tell you about this is uh, this: the Steelers did more of what I wish the Saints had done, and that is just grab the high, the best value you can when you pick, and they didn't uh, give up as many of their picks. They used their assets to make their team better. I like that a lot. And the Steelers are probably in the top two or three as far as teams that I really like what they did in this draft and how they uh, improved their team. All right, cool, cool. Villain, I'll come to you, man. Um, Steelers did some work, man. I I like them better than what the Giants did. Talk to me about it. Listen, the state of Pennsylvania is pissing me off. Steelers and the Eagles, man, had a really good draft. And the Eagles, I think, probably had one of the better drafts that anybody could ask for, having picks fall to them. But the, the, the Steelers had the same thing, right? They had Porter. Porter was a first-round pick to me. Like, Porter should have been a, a commander, in my opinion. That's the guy that they, they reached on their corner. Right. Um, right. In, in my opinion, they could – yeah, and, and and I felt like Porter would have been perfect for that. To have him too on the second day, it was like the trade the trade rumors were swirling, right? Everybody was saying the Steelers are gonna trade out at thirty two because they got multiple offers, but 
if you knew what the Steelers needed and who was on the board, there was no way where they were going to trade that pick, and they just got Porter. It reminded me of when the Giants got uh, Landon Collins, the first pick of the second day, when they drafted him out of Alabama. Like, it was like, he's here at this pick? Are you kidding me? Like, you know what I mean? So, I love that pick. I love the Broderick Jones pick to screw the Jets over. Um, not that they screwed the Jets. I love it because they screwed the Jets over. I love it because they they moved up, and and the Patriots screwed the Jets. But they moved up to get the need that they wanted. I said on our draft show that they needed a a, a a tackle, and they came out of the draft with the tackle in the first round. It's, it's something they haven't done in a couple of years. They desperately needed right. Darnell Washington to have him at ninety three is is mind boggling to me because I love that kid. I was telling my brother who's a Cowboy fan, I was like, this is the guy that probably you should be picking if you can't get Mayer or or um, any of the other tight ends that went. Um, and he just kept dropping, he kept dropping. So the Steelers got him. Now they can run, they got two good tight ends in Washington from Ruth. So, and, and, and you guys are right. Peterson's going to mentor Porter. He's going to mentor um, he's going to mentor Trice. I love Nick Her- uh, Herbert at, at at linebacker because they got him in the fourth round. But I think, to your point, Wisconsin it, it breeds some really good linebackers. He can come in right away. I think he was probably at least top in the top tier of, of inside linebackers in the draft. So to get him on the fourth in the fourth round is a is a good pick. So I like what the Steelers did. It's like. To your point, I do give them grades, and I, I, I would give them a B plus. And it's like because what they did was they looked at their board, what they needed, and everybody that they checked off that they needed, they drafted, and they got really good value for. So I, I think they hit a home run, to be honest with you. As I'm watching right, Steph right. Curry just come. Steph Curry is Steph is a monster. He's, he's, he's a really good He's, he is top sure. ten. It's, it's a matter of who do you kick out of the top ten right now. But we'll talk about we'll it. Talk about that to, we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. With that being said, man, I, I honestly, I, I, again, I honestly feel as though we drafted exceptionally well. Um, but I wanted to give everybody an opportunity to talk about, um, you know, a, a, a draft pick that question, that you were questioned about that, that didn't make any sense. It doesn't necessarily have to be from your your team, but we all sat here and watched the draft and kind of fold the way they did. Well, I'll come back to you. Name me a draft pick that had you really scratching your head. Yeah, I mean, honestly, outside, I mean, we all we all said I just did not like the Gibbs pick, and it's nothing personal on him. Um, it's just like. What are you doing, right? I, I just I question that pick so much. But the pick, Bijan Robinson at number eight to, to the Falcons, that, I mean, Bijan Robinson's a really good player, and he's going to be a good player in this league. But the Falcons had so many needs that they if they were going to draft him at number eight, they could have traded that pick got him maybe slightly later or just a, another running back as good and still fill, fill the, all the needs that they have on the team. They have a running back with no offensive line. I've seen it before. I hated the pick. I hated the pick for Bijan Robinson more than I hated the pick for the Falcons. It's just 
you know, it, it just made no sense. You could have you could have got this kid later in the you could have flipped the pick and got this kid. It just didn't make any sense. Right. Maybe they thought that the the Lions were going to snag him at twelve, and there was nobody ahead of him that wanted to flip picks. But for for the Falcons, you just don't draft it. I mean, like even if you had a need at running back, I mean they got a receiver playing running back, right? But it's just you just right. don't do it. You just don't do it, man. Okay, I mean, I feel you, uh, Mr. Harvey. I'll come to you, sir. Uh, name me, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be for the Saints, but name me a pick that had you really scratching your head, like what what were you doing? Like I, I don't get it here. <clears throat> Yeah, so I'm I'm mad at the Brian Bercy pick because I think there were other things out there. Um, I, you know, just kind of looking throughout this draft, uh, I, I, I'm going to point to the Falcons, but not only not even necessarily the specific pick, but you shouldn't get anything to help a pass rush. Exactly. This, you know, and, and to me. Uh, you better be able to stop the pass, and, and they didn't do anything to address their pass rush at all. So uh, I, I'm not a. I don't understand why. I don't understand what you're doing, or, or what you're trying to accomplish here. Uh, so that that's the one that that really leaves me scratching my head. We mentioned Gibbs a little bit when you had other things to address too in in Detroit. I, I like the player, but. I, I just don't understand why you didn't address your defense right there um, and, and make a move to continue to further yourself on the defensive side of the ball. So that that's the other thing that leaves me scratching my head. Okay. Um, for for me, the, the one move that had me scratching my head um, had to have been uh, pick number 15, the, the New York Jets selecting Will McDonald. Um, yeah. I, I don't I don't understand that at, at all. For for me, honestly, at the end of the day, I just felt as though you could have went a multitude of different directions. Um, you just bring in, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Perhaps you go get, you know, you know, another weapon for him. I mean, like here's the thing: even if you draft the offensive lineman, because the offensive lineman that came off the board that came off the board later, like. Henson Harrison came off at 28. Uh, the gentleman that went to Florida, who went in the second round, who had a first round grade on him. Um, so as far as that was a you steal, know, by the way. That was a steal for Buffalo. It, 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 it really was. It, it really, really, truly was. Um, but the fact that you just punted it essentially on your first round by you know taking an outside linebacker uh, it, it baffled me. Um, case can be or made the, the same. <clears throat> case can be made for 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 Van Ness at, at, at thirteen to, to to the Green Bay Packers when once again you need receivers for I, for for your. I kind of like that pick though. Serious, I kind of like it. I I think it's I think it's stupid that they didn't go offense. But I look at the players that they did get on offense and, and like in in uh, Reed Jaden Reed. I kind of liked him. In Musgrave, I really like him at mm-hmm. tight end. So I, I'm not mad at what the Packers did, but I agree with you. It wasn't. It, I don't know why you go defense, but on your Jets point, if 
if you didn't, you, the run of tackles scared them off, right? They didn't get the tackles that right. they wanted because the Steelers took them, and and and, and yeah. Paris Johnson went so early. But you could have got a corner that could go on the other side of Sauce Gardner if you were going to go yeah. there. There were so those many those... corners. If they would have oh, got like Gonzalez, like if if you had got Gonzalez at that pick, I would not have been mad at it. It's like look at the look at the corners that they passed on. Like I'm not a Forbes guy, but Gonzalez was there. That was the perfect pick because I thought he slid way too much. Banks, I mean, I'm glad they passed on Banks, but that, imagine him on the other side of Sauce Gardner, Porter, Turner. There were so many corners that they could have got to shore up that. Like you could have had the a, a no fly zone part two in New York, and they right. just went completely opposite. It just baffled me. No, I right, agree. We right, took right. I, you know I took Porter with that pick in the uh, yeah in the mock yep. here, and that that was with Gonzalez gone. Uh, but I still wouldn't have been mad at Porter because of the physical presence that he brings to that corner position. Uh, but looking at this. Like, I'm not – I look at the Jets, and I was very impressed with what they did last year in the draft. Uh, we all were. We both kind of walked away with the draft last year saying Jets, Giants, really good drafts. Uh, they really, really good them. Yeah. yeah, but this year I'm not as impressed. And, you know, the the Jets, you've got to – you know, the next step is to uh, put together multiple good drafts, not just one. But you don't have time yeah, for that now. You got to go into the off season with Slim Pickens to build an offensive line to protect Aaron Rodgers because you had no line to protect Zach Wilson. Like that's what that's what bothered me. Like you didn't address the biggest the biggest need not only because it sucked last year, but because you're bringing in a Hall of Fame quarterback. You didn't address it, and now you got to get castaways. Nobody gives up offensive linemen in this league unless they stink. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's comical to see how that how this is going to go pay out, but at the end of the day, like I think the New England Patriots kind of screwed over the Jets by trading what with us to go up and get, you know, Broderick Jones. So that it's, it's comical. But they screwed the, themselves. The I hate I hated what they did. Serious. I hated what they did. I listen. I love their. I like their draft. I love getting Gonzalez at seventeen, but they have no receivers, and they had a pick of the litter at receiver, and they didn't address it. That's a mistake. That was a huge mistake. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you you, you got Wilson you got there, whatever the case may be. Well, you, 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 yeah, they 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 did. I really I I really felt like they should have got um the kid from Ohio State, Smith and Jabba. Um in Jibba, yeah. Yeah, Jibba, I'm sorry. And and they they listen, I'm not mad at Gonzalez. I think that's the right pick because I felt he slid and he really comes into that. He can he can play multiple he can play inside outside he really fills that kind of Swiss knife that that the the Patriots like on defense but you didn't give Matt mm-hmm. Jones any help you didn't help him out no. at all I felt I felt that was a mistake. 
mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least get one yeah. of the tight ends. If they would have got Mayer, I wouldn't be mad at that. But they didn't. They didn't do anything, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I I thought I thought this though honestly at the end of the day, um, the the Patriots. I like I like Gonzalez, but here's the thing, like. I have a buddy of mine who who feels as though they they drafted well, and I, I, I don't understand they it because really did. and that that's the thing. Like, but but at the end of the day, like you had the opportunity to go get a, a, a first round weapon for 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 your quarterback, and you choose mm-hmm. to go defense, right? You know, so. But I mean, they got the kid from it's, LSU, the receiver, Mike. Um, right? Um, yeah, they did. Do you, do yeah, you think yeah. he's gonna? Be, you think he's gonna be okay? In in in, I in, in the pros. I don't. Um, and again, it had nothing to do with like his, right. his college shape. But again, I I I I I I said this a second ago. I said this mm. if Baltimore or New England drafts you. As a receiver, I, I don't know because, again, they just don't do a good job at evaluating receiver talent, man. Like, but yeah. so, well, they just get, they get so receivers. Keisha Boutte was, was a guy that, you know, he really jumped off the page as a freshman, right? Like, he set the school record, SEC record for yards in a game by 300 plus yards. Uh, against Ole Miss, but he was kind of this guy that, like, the talent was so tantalizing, right? Um, so then his sophomore year, looks really good, gets banged up, misses a chunk of the season. Uh, next year, sort of same thing as far as uh, not really able to put it together. Then there was talk that he was going to come back. He missed the bowl game. We talked about coming back for unfinished business, and then last second he ended up deciding to jump to the pros. So he's one of those guys that really showed us a whole lot as a freshman. He got an introduction to the talent, and then he never really completely realized it, you know. So I think now this is a guy well, he's that – perfect for the Patriots then. <laughs> yeah, but this is a guy – This is a, it, so the, the question is how is he going to handle this because – this is a guy that for the last couple of years, people really thought after what he did as a freshman that this could be a first-round draft pick, second-round draft pick when he came out. His performance drops him all the way down fifth, sixth round. So uh, what does he do with that? We'll see. Uh, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder, uh, but does he does he really put the work in? But I, I question this team's ability to develop wide receivers. Uh, so I – the raw talent is there, um, but, you know, we'll see. I I hope the best for the LSU guy, but I'll just tell you that even though I thought they could have used an extra receiver, uh, there are a lot of LSU guys that I hope the Saints will take a look at and they pass on and it frustrates me. This is a guy that it doesn't hurt my feelings that the Saints didn't draft him. Yeah. I mean, they, got, they drafted yeah. a kicker and a punter. <laughs> I mean, like – uh, the Patriots, whatever. Patriot way. Gotta right? love the Patriots, man. Although I, I, I will say this, I, I, I love the kicker. Met him, know him personally. Went to Maryland. Cool, that cool guy. Yeah, sure, sure. 
I am not. I am not. With that being said, we are telling on tonight's show, man. Mr. Harvey, man, thanks for coming and kicking it with us, man. Give us a plug and a, 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 plug and a call as we get out of here, my guy. Man, we always got uh, stillsportcitychefs.com. Check out blog websites, everything we have going. Uh, Wednesday night, call a cookout with Dylan uh, and TP. Uh, shout out to TP, the the big homie, man. Without him, I wouldn't be here, man. Shout out to you guys. Much respect. Uh, we got uh, roundtable gumbo on Thursday nights. I had Chandler back in the saddle last uh, Thursday night, but still kind of uh, beat. So hopefully he'll be uh, up and going and ready to go with me uh, this Thursday. Last week, we kind of recapped some of the drafts as it was going on. I think we got 12, 15 picks in, uh, you know, as we did our show on Thursday night. Uh, Sunday morning, this past Sunday, we uh, weren't able to do so, but most Sunday mornings, TP, uh, Thomas, and myself with the uh, Thomas Sunday morning brunch. You know, listen, he does a heavy lifting. Listen, I'm just uh, just happy to be alongside, man. But uh, that being said, uh, this, the Saints drafted uh, the Saints drafted okay. I'll uh, I'll take what we uh, what they did there. Um, NFL draft is fun. You know, people are going to start already putting out their projections for next year. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to stand on it again, 10 toes down, saying to go win the South. Uh, what the state of Pennsylvania did to the rest of the NFL in the draft, like, I feel like they need to be uh, at least giving some tips, some reach-arounds, buying flowers for the other general managers in the league, whatever, because, uh, listen – Philly and uh, Pittsburgh just kind of fleece the rest of the NFL. So at the end of the day, though, we'll see how those results happen out on the field, man. But uh, once again, thanks for having me. Uh, good job, Controversy, heading up the first half of this uh, last week. Enjoyed both of those two mock draft specials with you guys. And always fun to chop it up with both of you. So, villain, serious, uh, to the big homie TP, and to all y'all, man, as we say, Louisiana, bro. Hey, baby, bro, uh, listen, let the good times roll. And listen, the All-American point guard, Henry Van Lett, has just transferred to LSU, so go Tigers. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mr. Harvey, for coming by, kicking in with us, man. Villain, you should you should be in a good mood, my guy. Give us a plug and a close as we get out of here, my guy. So I never had any doubt, man. It's orange and blue skies, baby. Orange and blue skies. Woo! Listen, like I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to do a show with you, serious. Uh, it's always a pleasure, man. Shout out to our sponsor, um, always holding us down. Uh, PHI Apparel. Get to their website. Get uh, use the promo code Chef. Get fifteen percent off that order, baby. Uh, all that Eagles gear. You know the Eagles is flying high. But listen, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, cooking up a show with uh, New York Giants fan girl Adriana, friend of the program. So we'll probably be uh, really deep diving into the NFL draft. But, um, you know, we, we're busy, man. we always doing something. we grinding, man. It's a pleasure, serious. Love it, bro. Thanks so much, Villain, man. Shout out to Miss Adriana, man. Love watching her content on the social media platforms. And shout out to TP and all those who rock with us, man, the big homie TP and whatnot, man. Listen, I, 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 I'm going to say this, man. It, 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 it's been fun sitting here doing this show with you guys, man. I, I enjoy it. Um, I couldn't imagine doing this show with anybody else, man. With that being said, Lord willing, we'll get in the building tomorrow, man. Kiss your family and loved ones. Remember, tomorrow's never promised. With that being said, as TP would always say, tell the friend to tell the friend it's the chef again. And if they don't know, 
Now we know, man, we gone business. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs. Kaboom, sports city chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City, Chef, Chef, Sports City, Sports City, Chef, 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 Chef,